One of the great honors I have working in the Economic War Room is to interact on a regular basis with true American heroes, great patriots. And today's guest, Lieutenant General Stephen Quast, three-star general from the Air Force, is just one of those. Now, he's retired, but he started out as a fighter pilot uh, with call sign Killer, Killer Quast. He's a Renaissance man. He's involved in technology, including water project, how we get water from air. Uh, he did, uh, headed all training for the Air Force Training Command. Uh, he also was tapped to go and sell the Space Force to Congress. Just a brilliant strategist, brilliant man, true patriot, and I'm honored to say that he's a friend. So welcome, General Quast. Thank you very much. All right, so we've talked about this. Uh, we formed the National Security Investment Consultant Institute, NSIC Institute, and it's about patriotic investing. Can you tell us why America needs patriotic investing? Well, thank you for letting me be on this show, and the answer is simple, that uh, the global competition right now that we are experiencing with China and other countries is a strategy for them to suffocate us economically over time. In other words, they want to win without a fight, and they know that economic vibrancy and economic prosperity is always at the core of long-term victory. And if you do it right, you don't have to spend a lot of money on military equipment or blood if you can win through economic paralyzation of your adversary. So this effort is foundational because if you do not teach a generation of American businessmen and financial experts how to spot the kind of insidious money that will paralyze and strangle American freedom, freedom of choice, and economic prosperity, you will be the victim of this strategy. Well, we know they published the book, Unrestricted Warfare. And we also know that they've entered into our uh, stock markets. It says entering and subjecting stock markets. That's one of the disciplines uh, from unrestricted warfare. So we found a lot of money, Roger Robinson and others, a lot of money invested from American comp uh, investors into Chinese companies, and that's been weaponized against us. It has, and in fact, uh, this is something that all Americans need to wake up to, and that is uh, when we made the decision to let the Chinese into the World Trade Organization, it was like letting the fox into the hen house, and they have taken advantage of that. And the problem, though, is that most Americans trusted their government when we said back a couple of decades ago, it's okay to go to China, it's okay to build your companies there. We want to be kumbaya with them and we want to evolve with them economically and both will be good and communism will eventually go away. As we find out, they use that as a weapon against us and now they are victimizing us. This is what we must stop, is we must understand the purpose of the Communist Party is to destroy America. And until we understand that fundamental truth, we are in jeopardy. Well, of course we fell for it because the Chinese people are tremendous people. The United States has an amazing relationship with China throughout the, the centuries. Uh, Chinese helped build part of the West as immigrants. Uh, they were our ally during the Second World War. You know, Doolittle and his raiders, they landed in China after, after the attack on Tokyo. So they've been great partners. The people are tremendous people, but they've been caught under a really bad system. They have, and they've been hijacked by a leader who is viciously focused on this existential journey where it is either the Chinese communist system or it is a Western free market system. And there cannot be both living in the same place. We believe in free market. We believe in the freedom of choice for human beings. They believe in the subjugation of human choice for the purpose of the party perpetuating its power. 
So how do we address this? Uh, the individuals are investing and you know, China funds are offered on, on CNBC every day, invest in China and so forth. How can we fix this with private capital and what can individual investors do? Well, there's two layers to that in my view. The first is an educational campaign, which we are undergoing right now. And that is helping people understand what's really going on here. And the second is then taking action to be that patriotic investor, the person that wants a country that is resilient in all of the major elements of our societal functioning, but also they use their money to bring together the focus to make sure we are not a victim to China's uh, uh, stealing theft and uh, and unfair trade practices so one of the things we're trying to do is trying to spread the opportunity what my fear is I call it a Bernie Sanders problem it really is a, the problem that a lot of people have been left out of the economy a lot of people don't have the opportunity to invest uh, in things because by the time that uber goes public you know all the cream has been taken and so forth uh, so we're trying to train advisors, and, you're, and, and we're hoping you're helping with that. Uh, but you know, from your standpoint, do you think the average in, uh, investor, the average American can understand and get all this? Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about multi-generational journeys is that one generation builds on the, the power and the knowledge of the past generation. There is no reason America cannot make part of its core competency within its society. This knowledge that you as an individual can have the knowledge to be able to invest smartly, not only to make your money work for you and make you prosperous over time, but also invest in things that give core capability of national security for our country. Yeah, the, the issue is everybody's busy. And so it's kind of hard. You're working on a water project that's one of the most exciting investments I've ever seen, where you literally take water from air uh, and it could change the planet. That's right. But uh, the average person doesn't have time to sit down and look at all the documents and so forth. So what are your thoughts? How, what's the best answer for that? Well, the best answer is teaching our children the habits of mind that make them good at managing their time. If you really were able to match every single minute of the day to the categories of what you're using that time for, you will find that we have a lot of wasted time in our society. We have such leisure, and that's not a bad thing. But our survival is at stake here. In World War II, we refocused everybody in society, whether it was Rosie the Riveter uh, to all the Victory Gardens. We understood that there was a threat and it was called Hitler and the bomb, and if we didn't get moving, we were gonna be in trouble. The same is true now, but the threat is insidious. We have to wake America up and say, okay, it's time to be disciplined about the use of your time. Invest in the knowledge that will save your life. Yeah, so let's talk about how we can do that. People need, the Bible says with, uh, there's success with many advisors. Right. And so we take that and that's kind of the basis for the NSIC Institute is we train advisors who can then uh, help people. Uh, so when we come back, uh, I'd like to talk with you just a moment about uh, how the NSIC Institute can train advisors and how that can help um, other in investors. I look forward to it.
before we took the break, we were talking about how people need to refocus their lives and their investments because we're in an existential war and investing is kind of one of the critical disciplines that we have to have. But people are ready to do that on their own. They want a little bit of hand-holding. So we've started the NSIC Institute to train financial advisors, accountants, stockbrokers, financial planners, insurance agents, whoever people turn to to help them with their money, to educate them a little bit more. And we've asked you to be an advisor, and you're on our board of advisors now. Can you tell us what lessons you've had from your Air Force training background that we'll be able to apply into our NSIC training for advisors? Well, I would tell you that what you do is you take a look at the tools you have in front of you and you use them in new, novel, and useful ways to solve the problem. So the tools in front of us is that every kid in America has a smart device and they have access to an internet. And even though the internet is not perfectly secure, it is a modality to get to information and learn in ways that no generation has had before our time. So that's what I like about what you're doing at Liberty University and with this curriculum, is that you're not only teaching the PhD level leadership on how to operationalize investment and understanding of finance to be successful at winning this long-term fight, but we're also, we have the opportunity to chunk this education down, or at least make it bite-sized, so that any American, no matter how busy they are, can say, I want to be a smart investor and I want to know how my investment can protect our constitution, our economy, and our values. And you can teach them using their devices, using virtual reality, augmented reality, some of the artificial intelligence coaching, and give them case studies. It's amazing how quickly the human brain can learn if it's mechanized properly. Now you saw a lot of transition when you were doing your Air Force training from when you began to when you retired. You made some significant changes. Tell us about those. Well, we took advantage of these tools. So instead of taking a person off the street and throwing them in an aircraft and, and taking flights that are very expensive in fuel and uh, machinery to see if the person had the right stuff, now we can put them into a virtual environment using software that rings out that same insight. And we don't have to be unsafe by taking them in the air. We don't have to spend a lot of gas or time or wear the equipment down. And then we get the insights before we put them in the aircraft. This is how the airlines do it as well. It's just a new way of learning. It's all about how aggressively the human brain can learn if you optimize giving control to the student to learn what they need to learn and know what they need to know. Sure, and we're gonna take dual track. We're gonna have a track for the investors and then the more sophisticated track, the hand-holding track will be for the advisors so they're there to help the investors. And so we're trying to encourage everybody to not only take the track, Economic War Room does a lot of this education, but we're gonna uh, tie it down for investors and then go beyond that for advisors. Well, I appreciate that. I, I tell you, the one attribute that's most important that we discovered in the military is you need to also incentivize the culture so that the people doing this are aggressive learners. Uh, lazy learners do not do well. We need a whole society of aggressive learners understanding that our society is at risk. And if we don't all pitch in and learn, we're gonna have a price tag that's too high to pay. Yeah, well, we've gone through a post-pandemic uh, and we've seen education changing dramatically from that. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that we'll be able to go to an online uh, training program primarily? 
there's one thing we know about learning, and that is the most powerful learning is when one set of human eyeballs is physically looking at another set of human eyeballs, querying, questioning, and testing their thinking. Uh, so virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and online learning are all good, but none of them replace. They can only accelerate the learning. You need some face-to-face. -face. The question is, what proportion? And the answer is you can do a lot online where everybody can learn, and then you can find the ones that have the magic sauce, the right stuff that you bring together for the human touch to finish the job. Yeah, well that's why we partner with Liberty University. I guess they have close to 100,000 online students, but they also have on-campus students. And they've tried to, tried to find that right mix. So I'm hoping that, uh, that as we progress in the NSIC Institute, people will find that they're learning the things and then we'll give the interaction when the environment allows to where people can get together and they can share like we're going to do at our launch at the Trump International and so forth. Well, that's a wonderful model, and every person has a different balance there. You know, some people can learn a lot online. Uh, you know, look at Abraham Lincoln. He learned most of his just by reading books, uh, but then he had the life of uh, real lessons of life, too. But you, uh, you'll find that it's very easy to discern this balance for every individual because of the kind of big data that we have on seeing what somebody's learning and their competence at performing the job and whether they need more or not. We've already been phenomenal with guidance for us from your educational history and from your training of, of um, airmen. You've helped us a lot. We're going to continue to rely on you and just run lesson plans past you and say, what are we missing? What do we need to add? How do we get that right mix? Because our goal is, we feel like this is so important. If we don't help Americans wake up and weaponize their money, their spending, their uh, in investing, and their giving, that China or other adversaries really will steal away the American dream. It's true. In fact, as a student of history and a student of conflict and a student of winning uh, in great power competitions, I will tell you, we are at more risk right now as a nation than we were in the Civil War as we were tearing each other apart. But this time, it's from other countries trying to steal our economic power. If we don't wake up and fight, we will lose this republic. Well, and that's what we're concerned about. That's why we have the economic war room. That's why we have experts like yourself come through here on a weekly basis. Uh, our goal is to help people, to weaponize their money, to preserve Western civilization, Judeo-Christian values, and pass them along to the next generation. Uh, President Reagan said it best. He said, you know, every generation faces its existential challenge to, to freedom. And if we don't fight for it, uh, we'll one day tell our children and grandchildren what it was like to live in America that was once free. That's right. And for your listeners, the good news is you can weaponize your money and get rich as you protect our country. It can be a win-win. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, when we come back for our last segment, I, I want to talk to you about a vision. What would life be like if uh, we go one direction or the other?
So right before we left, we were talking about the two visions. What happens if uh, people do weaponize their money? What, what does the future look like? Uh, and then what if we don't? And what if uh, communist China prevails on a global basis? So tell us a, a little bit about the contrast between those two visions. Well, it's a contrast that's easier for me to draw than most Americans because I grew up in a tribal society in Africa where there was not security. And I, I understand what it's like to be worried about the fact that you don't have the right to free speech. You don't have the right to own land. There is no rule of law. Uh, anybody with power can do anything they want to you. So I come at this from a little different perspective, but here is the way I would frame these two futures. If we as an American society wake up and understand the economic underpinnings of this competition and we weaponize our money, we will be a prosperous, healthy society where free choice, something God gave us as a right, that free choice rules and people can pursue happiness in the way they define. The alternative is to let history repeat itself with many other civilizations, whether it was the Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, the Babylonian Empire. You see that China's model will be what we will receive because they are the ones competing for power over us. So take a look at the Uyghurs, for example. If you do not believe that the Communist Party is the only thing you worship, then you are imprisoned and you are tortured. If you are a middle class person in China and you say something against the Communist Party, your child can no longer go to the school you want them to go to. You can no longer shop at the good markets and get the good food. And you no longer can get credit to buy a house or start a business. That is the society we will live in. And Americans breathe freedom like we bring, uh, breathe oxygen. They, they don't even realize how precious it is until it's gone and then they'll think about nothing else. We want to solve this problem before Americans start feeling the constriction of oxygen or freedom because it will not be a pretty story. But the strategy of China is that they take the oxygen out of the air before we even realize it. They are stealing our freedom every day by buying influence on the board of directors of companies, paralyzing decision-making, paralyzing our economy, and they're doing it insidiously. Wow, wow, uh, I think that is a, a stark contrast. Tell us about innovation. What if we get it right and we start investing? You're, you're working on some really fascinating things. What will life be like 20, 30 years from now if we get it right and we invest in the right ways? So if we get it right and we invest in the right ways, not only will we be able to provide our people in America everything they need to live with security and prosperity, but they will have the resilience to not have that prosperity used as a weapon against them. And so innovation, the core of innovation is different ideas coming into the mix. Even Einstein and uh, Socrates and Galileo, they all say, I didn't think of anything on my own. I took ideas from all kinds of different people. And that's the brilliance of America, is that we allow everybody from all over the world to come in and we take the ideas and we mix them together in this mixing bowl and serendipitous collisions happen. That's innovation. So that's what we did with this water company. The technologies are already out there. We brought certain people together and they invented a way of bringing water out of the air at volume just off of solar power alone. And don't even need a power grid. And you don't need to be next to standing water. It takes carbon out of the air, so it's carbon negative, and you don't have to have any pollution as an outcome. That was thought impossible. And engineers will say, well, you just broke the law of thermodynamics. You know, it can't be true. But it's just like the engineers that told Wilbur and Overall Wright, 
if man were meant to fly, we would have been given wings. <laughs> it's just not true. Yeah. Well, and you talk about space and the potential opportunities there. I mean, when we open up space, there's wealth that we haven't imagined. There's uh, technology that we have ne not yet discovered that we will uncover and so forth. That's right. And that is the great uh, uh, pioneering of innovation that's going to happen in our lifetime. And it, it's just, it's going to crash on our shores like a tidal wave. The innovations and the power of space is a whole nother conversation. And if China gets there first, they will use it as a weapon against America. This is why the Space Force was so important. A wedge in history to make sure we can beat China to that high ground. Because from that high ground, they will be able to dominate energy, which is the foundation of all economic development and growth. And they will dominate information like they're trying to do with 5G, and that controls people's sense of reality and perception of truth. Well, one of the things that's inspired me greatly is your discussion about what it means to be on the front lines and what it means to be an economic patriot. Uh, it, it just lights me up and says, this is why we do the Economic War Room. This is why we started the NSIC. Can you tell us a, a little bit about what it means to be on the front lines in the current war we're in? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, Everybody in their life, everybody that's born, they, they want to be meaningful. They, they want to belong. Uh, they want to be heroes in their own right, whether you're a police officer or a firefighter or a soldier. You want to be a hero or a father or a mother, okay? That, that's the beauty of life. Being at the front line of this fight brings me great joy because it means I have a chance to make my life make a difference. And it's not just somebody that woke up one day and died another. It's somebody that actually took the risk to do something meaningful with my life to give to others. This is what God intended on our earth, is that everybody wakes up and says, what can I do for you? Love thy neighbor like thyself and obey God's rules. Uh, that's why I'm so motivated, excited, and happy to be a part of this front line. Well, I'm excited because uh, you've shown us how individuals everyday hardworking moms and dads, uh, friends, relatives, ev everyday people working, whether they're working at the post office or whether they're working at a department store or they're working manufacturing, they can use their money and make a difference. And it reminds me of the small ships that made a difference at Dunkirk. And we're all in this together. And if we do it properly, we won't benefit just America, we'll benefit the whole world. The Chinese people will be better off. Maybe not the Communist Party, but the Chinese people will be better off. Absolutely. We are that beacon in the night. We are that shining city on a hill. Quotes from great presidents in the past and great leaders. America is the saving grace of this world because the Constitution is designed consistent with human nature and the way God has placed us on this earth. Well, thank you, General Quast. Now we talk about weaponizing your money and it's something that you can and should do. We talk about it every week here in the Economic War Room. But we also talk about advisors needing to be trained. You've got a financial advisor. If you don't, you should find one because advice is helpful. And if you have one, make certain that they sign up for our advisor training. Go to economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor. Now if you want to remember all the good things we've talked about, Every episode comes with a battle plan, and that battle plan is a PDF document you can download for free from economicwarroom.com. It will show you exactly what we need to do. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from The Economic War Room.